the personal aspects will push one person out of the race where 100 people are running because at the end of the day when a business sells to a business it's not a business selling to a business it's one person at that business selling to or selling or buying from another person at the other business in today's episode i'm gonna sit down and talk to ross lobo online entrepreneur and seo expert ross lobo started his niche website in 2016 and made ten thousand dollars per month with just seo since then he has sold multiple online businesses for six figures and he's ready to take you on a tactical journey if you want to achieve similar results like him since ChatGPT came in niche website builders had to pivot and take a sharp turn to branding, diversifying traffic, and making their businesses more unique in the eye of search engines. Not sure how to take your website to the next level? Tune in and let's get into the episode. Hi, hi, Annie. Nice to be on your podcast. Uh, I have very high regard for Annie because uh, I've seen uh, she was the hero behind the scenes at the SEO Summit in Saigon in March. And, uh, you know, I, I guess it was her first uh, summit but she, you know, helped uh, manage it so seamlessly and so effortlessly that it's really commendable. And now she has this fantastic uh, podcast, uh, which is, uh, it's, it's it's really a delight to hear. You know, I, I, I don't have time because of which I very rarely, I've saved all your uh, podcasts. I, I, I've only heard the first one, the one with that lady who has this huge, uh, uh, I guess she helps people uh, market to their core audience. So a lot of the things which she said resonated a lot. Yeah, yeah. So congratulations. Great going. I'm sure this is going to be a super duper success. And uh, yes, I'll also spread the word. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, I the first time we met, you told me that you started your journey as a niche website builder. Uh, do you still That's do great. that to this day or do you do agency work? So basically, I started out, uh, I started a social media and SEO agency in 2009. And uh, then in 2016, I understood the concept of niche websites. So by that time, you know, running a social media and a SEO agency, use, it gets very frustrating because you'll have multiple clients in different industries. So the requirements are different. You have constant client meetings. I was based in London at that time. And uh, I wanted something which, you know, when I, I understood the concept of niche websites and that time it, it, the whole concept of niche websites was just emerging out. So Amazon would give us a flat 8% commission on uh, the total number of uh, products, so regardless of the category. So, you know, you would get, uh, you earning $100,000 a year was of something which was very, very uncomplicated. In addition to that, at that time in 2016, EMDs used to work very well, exact match domains. Uh, though they had their spam updates, the content updates, still the uh, landscape was significantly different. So yeah, I started out in 2016 in these sites. In 2018, I sold my first, uh, uh, the f one of my first sites which I made for a mid six figures. And uh, then I continued on with uh, two other big niche sites which I have till now. And in addition to that, now I have a, a small boutique white hat link building agency because a lot of people in the niche uh, website industry, you know, the biggest uh, issue which they have is link building at the end of the day, because you have amazing content. Most SEOs are great at on-page SEO, but when it comes to link building, there's always the fear that are the links which I'm building, will it, you know, the investment which I make, will it help push the uh, rankings up? And in addition to that, ensure that it, I don't get a slap from Google. So it's a fine balance which you have to uh, maintain so that, you know, your niche sites also rank well 
and you get your return on your investment. So these are the two things which I'm currently doing. I spoke on uh, link building at uh, the SEO Mastery Summit. So yes, I'm still very much into niche websites and uh, it's my first love and it's my bread and butter. So, and I'm, I guess I will in the long term also be uh, focused majorly on niche websites. So that's going to be, uh, I guess, something which will be spoken at, at my obituary. That's so cool. I really, I've been so inspired ever since we met because like the whole idea of building websites and flipping them, it's like, it's being a dream of mine. And I, uh -huh. I also talk a lot with Mads, you know, and you guys, if you listen to Mads' episode, we talk about personality types and my personality is like, it's goal driven, but it's not so detail oriented as a result. Like mm -hmm. sometimes I struggle with SEO because it's such a detailed industry, but right, uh, right. like being surrounded with people like you guys is so, so inspiring. Um, recently we did attend Jean's uh, SEO training for beginners. And you did mention that since AI is now making content a lot faster and cheaper, uh, you see that there will be a change in the niche uh, website industry or niche website space. Exactly, exactly. What, what, right. what could you like summarize to the audience? What's your prediction? So, so I, I agree completely with you on this. I personally also have started using AI very selectively. So I have a few only AI websites where I'm testing the various AI tools extensively. Uh, on my two main websites, I'm not investing on AI because the risk return ratio is very high. But if Tomorrow, because of the AI uh, content, my websites crash, I just lose a significant amount of money. But uh, yes, having said that, Google also today has accepted that as long as your content is helpful, it doesn't matter whether it's created by AI or it's created by human. And uh, to be very honest, when I look at non-native content writing and I look at AI content, there are many times that the AI content is significantly better in terms of, uh, you know, the quality of the content in terms of uh, grammatical errors and things like that. Hi, if you listened to this far, thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed the show, please leave me a review on either Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or my YouTube channel. If you have any feedback for the show, please let me know on the Aspiring CMO Podcast social media pages on Facebook and Instagram, or send me an email on my website. Now let's get back to the episode. So I'm pretty much sure that in the future of uh, niche websites is going to go down the line of AI. It's going to go line, down the line of AI more in the sense that uh, it will be curated content, that uh, AI would be used as a tool to do the keyword research, AI would be do, used as a tool to create the topical map and understand what entities are required, and then finally uh, write the skeleton of the article in which maybe a person can put in the inputs. Like say, for example, now I have a website about uh, dogs, right? So what we do is after the AI has written the content there, we also outreach to veterinarians and ask them their take on it. And then they would send us audio files, which we would then, you know, have our VA rewrite it out and then link back to their website. But it also adds to the EEAT and the authority that, you know, this article has been, uh, there are unique components to it. And it, they have also taken uh, uh, opinions of uh, experts in the industry. So that is somewhere where I see, you know, high quality websites going in terms of AI content. And uh, actually, uh, at the end of the day, what I have seen is that separates a normal AI content website from an AI content website which ranks and consistently ranks is link building. 
because I, I recently, about a week ago, heard a uh, podcast of Mads. He was on the podcast with, with an East European guy where he gave a very, uh, you know, pertinent point that today where any uh, normal SEO can have a website which maybe say, you know, 100 articles being published per day, the only differential factor is how many links and how many authoritative links the uh, niche website has because of which the importance of link building is going to be significantly higher when it comes to, you know, niche websites in the post chat, chat GPT era. So that is something which I'm focusing on. I'm focusing my research on that, testing the various types of links that you can make uh, for a niche website and the different stages of the niche website also, right? So that you make sure that you are adhering to Google's uh, rules, but also your website stands out of the crowd. So, you know, that's the balance which I'm trying to have today with my niche, set, niche websites. Yeah, I mean, one of the cool tips I remember from your speech at the summit is that uh, you, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, but what I remember is that you told me that, uh, told us that basically you exchange not monetary exchange, but like service exchange. Like, right. oh, if you link back to me, I can promote you on, on social because you've got, I guess, Pinterest traffic or something. Like, right, right, exactly. Is this right? That's a good memory you have. Yes, yes, that's that, that's excellent, excellent. That's that's uh, amazing. So yeah, so the basically when you look at a website, you know, uh, uh, since many of your uh, viewers maybe don't have niche websites or have niche websites at various stages. I'll quickly take you through the different stages which I see uh, the different types of links which a niche website will require different stages, right? So, uh, of course, each person has their own opinion and each person has their own uh, uh, own blueprint which would be successful for them. For example, I follow Matt Diggity and uh, he uh, invests significantly right from day one. So he will have uh, Harrow type of links. He would have uh, guest posts and everything right from day one. And he has seen a fair amount of success with that, even with niche websites, with uh, AI uh, generated, 100% AI generated content niche websites. So the way I do it is uh, when I'm starting out a niche website, I first make the social fortress. That is you uh, create all your social media profiles for that niche website. So say, for example, now, if my niche website, uh, you know, I'll, I'll use dogs as an example because it's a very common niche, right? Uh, so I have a website about dogs. Once the bare bones website is set up, once maybe I have, say, 10 articles on it, then I'll create all the, I'll have my VA create all the social profiles. So you have your Facebook, you have your Twitter, you have your Pinterest, you have your Instagram, you have your YouTube, okay? So that's your so fortress which you make around your uh niche website and when you look at the real world that is approximately how a normal business also would be right so say for example you are starting a, a business a genuine business about say dog food right the first thing which you would do is you would have the social uh, profiles around it i go another step in uh, in which what i do is i make a list of all the groups on that platform so say for example there will be about 300 to 400 active facebook groups talking about dogs so I'll have a list of them and I'll have my VA join in through the persona of the author. Then we'll do the same for Twitter. We'll do the same for Pinterest. Pinterest also has an immense number of groups. You know, many of them having like thousands and uh, millions of followers. So uh, uh, so these type, whichever social platform allows groups, I make sure that we have a complete list of that. And maybe we join 5, 5 or 10, 10, the persona of mine, the VA joins 5, 5 or 10, 10 of these groups every day. 
and every new article which is published, we keep sharing them with content. Like say for example, now if I would be sharing uh, this podcast of and of yours, right, your YouTube link on say the groups which I'm a part of, what I do is I'd be like, oh, say for example, Matt's uh, uh, pod, Matt's interview with yours. If I'd be sharing that, so I'd be putting, you know, uh, love to your Matt's speak about, and then I'd give the five points which I learned from the YouTube video, right? So it's not just that we are spamming those groups. We are making sure that we add value. So when a person says, okay, say for example, you know, can dogs eat apples? So we'll have, you know, I, I, I understood that dogs can eat apples, but they can't eat the core of the apple because it has whatever the seeds have so and so thing, which is detrimental for their health. And I also love the different recipes which they share in which we can quickly make it. And I put the link out there. So my VA does that. So that's the extra uh, step which you go. And I have seen that because that extra step and because you, you are sharing it on so many groups and not getting banned, hopefully, because, uh, you know, you are putting in the additional value. You get a lot of traffic from Google, from social uh, platforms right in the first month. And that traffic helps Google understand that this is a genuine website, not just a niche site. Right. So automatically, I have had many websites right from the first month, they start ranking, uh, which generally takes six months. This whole concept of sandbox and all that. I have seen that if Google feels that you're getting traffic from other sources, there's a higher chance that it will rank you faster and you don't have to wait for the six months of sandbox. So that's the first thing which I focus on. Second thing is directory links, registration on all different directories. Uh, in today's world, they don't really give you a lot of link juice, but it helps add to diversity. So that tomorrow when you're building links, it doesn't look that all your links are do follow links. All your links are, you know, focused on the keywords which you want to rank for and things like that. So that's the second step which I do. The third step, uh, and that could happen parallelly from week to a week, three, three. And the most important thing here is outsource everything. Because, you know, at the end of the day, one person can't do so much. Mads has an excellent uh, South African VA team, which I guess, uh, you know, people can use to make sure that uh, they are... They can, you know, leverage the time of others to promote their own website. So that's the second thing which I uh, focus on uh, directories. And the third thing is it's a very old school thing and a lot of people today don't do it. But what I do is I make a list of all our competition and websites which are talking about dogs. And, uh, you know, maybe say so we have about 2000 to 3000 websites which are talking about dogs. So. There I have a VA go and comment on all of their latest blog posts. Th there are two advantages of that. The first thing is because there is a, a comment, a link back comes to our website. It's a no follow link back. It's purely we put the name of the brand. Like say, for example, I love Labradors, right, is the name of the website. So the anchor text will come, I love Labradors, and the link will come back to the uh, home page. But the advantage here is what happens is the website owner, when they read your comment, is aware of your website. So tomorrow in the future, if you want to do a deal with them, have, you know, a guest post exchange or an email list exchange or a cross promotion on the email list or cross promotion on social media, they are more amiable to it. So they agree for that. So that's the third step, which I do in terms of the whole, you know, link building aspect. As I said, all of these things are very uh, high intent, low uh, value, high volume work. So it's always good to make sure that a VA of yours does that. Then the next after this, uh, you know, so basically you have made your connections in different social media uh, uh, platforms. Uh, you are now, you have added yourself or you have requested and you've got added to maybe say 200 or 300 groups on Facebook, 200, 300 groups on Pinterest. And uh, those groups today are 
having say millions of followers which are pushing in thousands of traffic to your website so then what you do is you have your analytics which you share with the other website you know you have already commented on their website you have told them that you like their blog post through a blog comment then you send them an email saying that you know i would like a link back on your website and in return i will i can promote you on all these social media platforms as you can see from my own analytics my posts get about 2000 to 3000 visitors now many websites get only 1000 visitors from google every month so they're happy you know to get an uptick of traffic and awareness just by giving a link in exchange so that's the fourth way of which i uh, build links as you very rightly said i either give them social traffic or i tell them that you know i have maybe i have a tie up with one big website where i pay that website a small fee in return they give me links uh, to the donor websites who would be adding my link so the advantage here is these are websites who generally don't sell links so those websites are very clean very safe and getting links from them are much more difficult because anyway they don't you know exchange links for money so this is a very easy way of getting it uh, getting links back to your website so once again to reiterate first your social profiles second directories uh, so that you have uh, you know uh, diversity in terms of links third blog comment you get no follow links but you're getting it on very relevant websites which are talking about your niche and also it is a doorway to have a proper uh, link exchange three way link exchange in which then you send them an email the four steps which i generally take in addition to that uh, there are things like haro but the i've seen uh, the effort which you put in for haro and the links which you get is there's a huge difference so that's not for everybody yeah that's true haro is like you need a per- just a person on haro for sure to do that exactly um but we, like you mentioned at the beginning of our uh interview that you want to talk about like the post chat gpt era and do you see exactly. that maybe Do you see that maybe social media is becoming inevitable for SEOs going forward? So so the way I uh, the way I look at it is uh you know there was a time in uh, when I had started up from 2016 to maybe 2020 especially before the lockdown and the whole covid thing happened uh there was a time where ranking websites were very easy. So uh, I personally have had toilet websites you know best yeah. uh toilet bestxxtoilet.com Uh, and .net and .org, which uh, would capture the SERPs and would be giving us ten to twenty thousand a month, right? Because the very simple articles, best uh, X toilet for Y, best X toilet under five hundred dollars, best X toilet under hundred dollars. Those type of websites, I don't see them going ahead today because uh, the un- in post chat GPT, what I've also is happening is Bing, Google. all these social all these search platforms are using ai to understand the content of the websites so they will look at a website which is much more holistic so they won't look at a website in terms of a website they'll look at it in terms of a business uh, you know so uh, for example you now i'm sure you your videos which come out you have it on various pod- podcast platforms you have it on youtube you have it on uh, i'm assuming other video channels uh you are promoting it on facebook i'm assuming you may be promoting it on linkedin and twitter and things like that so uh that is what a business should be right and that is where i see niche sites are moving towards so there was a time when it was very easy you're getting search traffic coming in your ranking it also in a way uh to be very honest made us very lazy because you know that you know if i do abc and i'm getting uh, 10k a month why should i do a to z 
and still get maybe only 12 km right the risk the effort return ratio is very low which made us very lazy because we were like okay fine you have average content written but as long as your content is slightly better than your competition and you have average links need but if you as long as your links are slightly better than your competition you will still rank today with uh, google uh, adding so many new things to their serps like say for example for many of the keywords today we see videos today we see images today we see featured snippets which slowly will ch uh, change into the search generative experience that you put in a question and you will have an answer out there right so the optimization today is not only on your website you have to see the whole environment so like say for example uh, this is my uh, wish for you is that maybe say two years down the line if someone is searching for you know uh, marketing hacks or marketing tips which are which keywords uh, an answer of search generative will be given by Google and there there will be mentions a lot about Annie in the answer because Annie may not have done optimization but because her overall content in terms of the content on her website, the podcast which she has, she has transcribed it so the content is there speaking a lot about those terms. Other websites like say for example you hosting me so I'll be featuring you, you, you know that I've been featured on in my feature on page, so a link goes back to your website. And then your also YouTube, which will have maybe say 100,000 followers, will be a very strong platform. Google will be taking all those things in consideration and putting those things, and because of those things, mentioning you there. So there's this whole concept today of LLM optimization, your know, large language model optimization, where today you're not only optimizing your website to rank on search, but also looking at it in terms of a brand, kind of like how. Uh, these marketing guys of big companies like say a Colgate or a Gillette would focus on. So Gillette does not care whether they are ranking on Google. Their whole concept is that, okay, how many times has my voice been heard? How many times has my brand been, heard, been seen on various platforms? So, you know, that is somewhere where I see, uh, so I see there'll be a few websites which will be super niche with super high expertise level, like say, for example, cold source. That's something which people get. Cold sores are, you know, these boils which you get. So, uh, what? Uh, pimples, something like pimples. Pimples, okay. Pimples, pimples. Oh, okay. Okay. So, that uh, uh, there'd be a website only about cold sores, which will be written by a, a doctor. Okay. And then they would have huge websites like WebMD. Uh, those type of websites will survive. Uh, brands like, say, for example, Matt Diggity, uh, Matt, uh, uh, Matt Singers. Uh, Russ Lobo, uh, Annie, those type of brands will survive because it will come through via their personality and via the tests which they have done, like Brian Dean's Black Ninko, right? So that are the type of brands also which will survive. And also then you would have these huge brands, but these huge brands would have to be on literally every platform. So they would have, and every uh, platform which you would be present on is actually a link back and a, a thumbs up back to your main website. That you know, okay, this person is present on so many things and this person is engaging on so many platforms because of which this person is someone who is trustworthy and his or her content should be shown to a searcher on Google. Mm -hmm. So that's that's where I see the future of niche, niche websites, especially after the whole chat GPT uh, era. Yeah. Very new territory. I feel like the whole marketing space is like going kind of like back in time because back in time in a way that is now the big banners, the big commercial, the creatives will like set us apart. All the micro things are basically done by AI. So 
all the big stuff that are vague, like branding or running right, creative right. campaigns. Like that's what I see the future going. To. And also the personal relationships. Like say for example, we have met in personal person, right? So tomorrow when you in yesterday, like the other day when you invited me, I was most happy to come in. So that's also where I see a very strong impact happening on the market. That you know uh, the personal aspects will push one person out of the race where 100 people are running a personal aspect because at the end of the day when a business sells to a business it's not a business selling to a business it's one person at that business selling to you know, or selling or buying from another person at the other business it's a human connection so that's another thing which i see you know uh, in it's it's going to be very strong that the human connection is going to outpace the whole and it's going to push a website which is maybe as you said supported by ai but having its own un unique perspective out of the pack. Yes. So yeah, we are living that. in yeah. very interesting times. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sometimes I wonder whether it's the right thing that I'm doing the YouTube channel, I'm doing the podcast. And like every time I'm thinking towards like, okay, but what's going on in the market? What uh, other successful people do? I keep thinking like, okay, I think this is the right path because like I can establish myself as uh, I guess, a, I don't know thought leader or like some KOL inside this marketing space or whatever I'm trying to build. Um, but it's a slow burn. So it's, it's really hard to like, like doing a podcast too. It's not like one day I published 10 episodes and I got like thousands of downloads. It's a, it's a long-term game for sure. Yeah. So, so that, that, that ultimately depends on, you know, at the end of the day, what's your goal and do you have a clear monetization strategy after, you know, mm -hmm. uh, along uh, in your journey, because I've seen that the, the, the two biggest things, which then, you know, make excellent, uh, marketers or excellent people drop out is that, uh, they put in so much effort and then six months goes by a year goes by and either their monetary aspect is not clear because of which they're not making money. Or uh, they have put in so much effort, but they don't see the returns in terms of visitors and returns in terms of, you know, podcast downloads, views, and maybe that converting into whatever is their aspect of uh, the important points of the conversion. Like say, for example, if say, suppose tomorrow I give a webinar on uh, link building, right? And I have a link building agency. At the end of the day, what for me success would be if 200 people have attended the webinar, out of which maybe say 20 people would try my service, okay? And uh, by the grace of God, because my service is pretty decent, most of the people who try it once would all generally continue. So that would be a, a, inter, a, a matter of success from the perspective of that webinar. So uh, the uh, thing which I would suggest from your perspective at this juncture is, you know, focus on monetization. How are you going to make money out of this, first of all? And don't keep ads in your mind, don't keep uh, uh, affiliate in your mind because the traffic which comes in, it'll take a very long time to come in there. Maybe even products, like say, for example, Match did a very amazing thing when during the lockdown when you could not have online, offline uh, conferences, he made a online conference, like, you know, the SEO Mastery Summit. And then he had this concept of, you know, if you, you can listen to it free immediately or I think for 24 hours. And if you want to, we go through it and I have got like 30 excellent speakers who have come on this conference. And uh, if you would like to listen to them again, and, and they were really, very really amazing. I was one of them for the 
uh, online uh, one, uh, offline one. And I have many friends who have actually purchased this because they knew that they would want to go through the videos again. Right. And he kept it priced very nom uh, nominally at $99 for lifetime access. So his Mastery Summit 2, Mastery Summit 3, which would be on offline or uh, online, that all would be uh, grandfathered in. So you're paying 99 bucks and you're getting to watch it for the rest of your life. So, you know, that's a product which he has made. So even if 1000 people view him and out of that 100 people buy at $100 uh, a pop, that comes to about 10,000. Right. So that is good enough. So uh, that's something which I would always suggest, you know, that when as a content creator, understand where your monetization is coming from, because when it's a niche site, it's very clear, right? You have uh, uh, you have uh, maybe a lot of info content. People are coming and reading it there. So you put ads on the uh, website or you have uh, products which you're promoting. And then you have affiliate content, content that, you know, they you will review the uh, product, they will click on it, they will go to Amazon or they will go to the whatever website, make a purchase and you will get your affiliate money. Mm -hmm. In terms of a niche like yours, which is very uh, personalized, which is very uh, high skilled, very high value uh, content, it's it would make sense to have something on the lines of a e-product. But, yeah. but focus on it now, you know, along with pushing out your podcast, along with promoting your podcasts, also start developing either a course or a book or, you know, uh, maybe action points from all the podcast people and compile it into one small course and, you know, promote that out or something like that. That should yeah. be great in terms of uh, monetization. And keep a simple goal. Hundred pounds, $100, hundred people in one year gives you $10,000, right? So that's a great start. So that could be your target. My first target, my first year, I want $10,000. Just a quick note, if you enjoyed the episode and you would like to join Russell Lobo's Facebook group, I will link it down in the show notes. And I hope you can join new community and learn new things about search engine optimizations. Believe me, guys, it's a tough game. Now let's get back to the episode. Yeah, so honestly, I did think about, I really want to be a course creator as well, but like I keep chasing a number. So like I see that successful content creators have like a case study, whereas um, I don't have a case study yet. No, no. So I, I personally believe you should always have your product re ready and sell to the first person also who comes in, right? And don't be embarrassed by selling for the simple reason is you are providing value. The people you're, you, so, you know, there are many ways a person can provide value. You are a connector. So you have amazing personal skills because of which you're bringing people on your podcast. Uh, in addition to that, you're asking them questions because which uh, lead to them giving answers which they may have not even thought about, right? Which may be gold in a person's hand. Like say, for example, conversion rate optimization. Now, Matt Dickity has come out with this amazing course about conversion rate optimization, uh, which was a part of his affiliate lab. But uh, to be very honest, if a person pays $300 for that and uh, they... Uh, for example, say they have a website which is earning $5,000. So uh, as I was saying, you know, uh, make sure that you launch your product or whatever your monetization is. That should be the uh, thing that you have the most clarity on because at the end of the day, the amount of value you're providing, you'll be able to provide it on a sustained basis only if you are earning from it, right? At the end of the day, none of this is charity. So if you're earning from it, you're earning a fair amount from it, then you would be able to keep calling great guests. You'll be 
you'll be able to go to various seminars across the world, conferences across the world, meet new people and keep getting money. So uh, never uh, keep in your mind that I need to reach an X number of uh, subscribers or I need to have an X number of views to which I should launch my product or I should launch my course or whatever. Even if the course is a very basic one or even if the product is a very basic one, have it for $10 instead of $100, right? You will learn from that. When, when people say, for example, it'll be so much more easier to get 200 people by a $10 course and then nag them to make sure that they use the course and then ask them feedback on the course because you'll have their email list, right? Many people will be on your personal list also. Then you can inbox them on Facebook. Ask them, you know, what did you like about it? What you not did not like about it? Like after my uh, my speaker event at uh, uh, the SEO Mastery Summit, that was my first offline uh, speaking uh, experience. So I kept going to whoever would come and tell me, you know, great uh, speech the yesterday or great speech the other day. I'll tell them, okay, what is the one thing you like most about it? And tell me two places where I can improve. So, and I kept jotting that down. I kept jotting that down. Janus also, uh, then uh, this guy, uh, our email marketing guy who handled all the, uh, all the, you know, logistics. I kept asking him to. So uh, that will help you improve your product. In addition to that, that will also give you insight into what people want. Because people don't know what they want. They need to be educated as to what they want. Like, for example, if I say I'm selling link, links, right? I'm doing link building. People don't want links. What do they do with links? They want to rank on Google and they want to rank on Google safely so that, you know, their website is not penalized. So in the same way, you have to understand that if a person wants to be, wants to listen to your podcast, what is something that they, what is the reason they want to listen to your podcast? What are the unique things and what would they want to listen to or, you know, gain, what is the knowledge they want to gain from it. So even if it's a 10 minute thing, but I gain so much knowledge that it changes my income by maybe say from 2000 to 5000. I'll be most happy to pay $100 for whatever product you're launching. And even if you have maybe say 100 people visiting or, you know, checking your YouTube video, out of those 100 people, your product is so powerful that 10 people actually buy it, 10% buy it. You have 10 people at 100 per month. In 12 months, you have $12,000. It is pretty okay, right? Yeah. It'll also motivate you to uh, keep pushing your podcast and shamelessly promote. Remember one thing, you have an excellent product. Your guests are fantastic. You add a lot of value. So keep promoting. Join all the possible Facebook groups, Twitter groups, Pinterest groups, Insta groups, and keep promoting that. Hey guys, guess what? I'm going to be, uh, uh, you know, in I have interviewed Matt Singers, and these are the five main points which I loved him speak about. You can check the YouTube link here. Keep promoting. No one's going to say anything. And that's, you're adding value to the group at the end of the day. That's how we get a lot more traffic, which I'll be doing from the video which you'll be posting with me. I'm shameless in that way. I believe in promotion. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, thank you so much, Russ, for joining the Aspiring CMO podcast. And uh, if people would like to find you, uh, how can they reach out? People reach, can reach out to me on whlinks.com. That's my website where we offer white hat link building services. Uh, very reasonably priced, genuine outreach, and we don't pay for links. So you can be sure that the links of yours are safe. In addition to that, you can just search me on Facebook. That it's I think facebook.com slash Russell logo or something like that. Okay. I also have a, a 9,000 plus Facebook group of the name is Grow Your Niche Site. So if you're into niche uh, websites, you can join it. I share tips on how you can grow your niche website out there. 
Amazing. I'm going to link all of that down in the show notes. Well, thank you, Russ, so much for joining.